You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. know what it is it's your boy dane martinez aka speeds aka the spitting statistician aka the stable genius and vocal minority and welcome to another edition of the fantasy freestyle right here on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network you know what it is episode 372 with the stats overbeat cypher as always, big shout out to the Stats Over Big Cypher. We already got Jer T strong style up in here. We would not have almost 400 episodes of this ish right here if it wasn't for the Stats Over Beat Cypher. So, um, you know, dilly dilly to everybody. Yeah, you know, it's a big week. We got a good show for you. The NFL draft is going on on Thursday, okay? You are going to get. I already previewed some of the uh, running backs, I previewed some of the. Uh, wideouts in previous episodes. We're going to talk quarterbacks here for a little bit. I'm also going to tell you, I think there's ways we can win money on the NFL draft. And I kid you not, I literally about 10 minutes before airtime, because, you know, our boy Danny Otto down there in the fantasy pit of misery, he may or may not live in a state where he can get down on the sports books. And I was like, Danny, I'm going to put some money in my account. I need you to make this prop bet for the NFL draft. I'll tell you what that is, because you know how we do here. We try to help you win your leagues and win that cash. I'm also going to listen, since we last spoke, a lot of things happen, including Speeds' birthday, and thank you for all the birthday love out there. But also, the NFL released its schedule, and I'm going to tell you right now, there are some things to learn about it. I tell you all the time about back-to-back-to-back and home-road splits and rest disparities and bye weeks. There are some things to learn off of that, so we'll definitely talk about that as well. What I'm also going to do, you know, we got Major League Baseball going on. We got Fantasy Baseball going on. I'm going to take a ride on the closer merry-go-round, okay? And I'm going to tell you a couple of places where we... um. We're looking for diamonds and fugazis, guys. I got some closer diamonds and fugazis for you in fantasy baseball. And then, of course, we will put the fun in functional sports content with Stats Overbeat Cypher, as always, in our final segment. We'll, pit, we'll, uh, you know, we'll tell Danny about some stories. We'll get his reaction. I'm going to also tell Danny. Danny, I'm going to tell the Stats Overbeat Cypher about that other story that Gabe is talking about that went down in Toronto. So we're going to have to talk about that as well. We also got a poll question, as usual. What I want to know is... What do you think is the biggest question and or smokescreen heading into the NFL draft this Thursday? Okay, we're hearing a lot of buzz. And at this point, I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot believe anything you hear at this point. You probably shouldn't have believed it last week either, all right? But what is it? You know, is it about, is it the Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, Arizona Cardinals saga? Okay, we've been talking about this. Your boy Speeds was on it early that Arizona and new head coach Cliff Kingsbury may go ahead and draft Kyler Murray number one, may then flip Josh Rosen. That's been a narrative out here that your boy Speeds was on early. Is that the number one story? Is the number one story the Oakland Raiders moving to Las Vegas with John Gruden? Remember, they got all these picks. They have three first-round picks, number four overall, and two on the back half in the 20s. What will they do with it? I got an interesting report about what they did this weekend as 
as well in the Raiders' war room. You want to stay tuned for that. Is that the New York football giants who sit there at 6, who sit there at 17 after getting another first-round pick for trading for Odell Beckham? Will they get Eli Manning's heir apparent? That is the question, okay, for fans here in New York. Many people thought it was going to happen last year with the guys, the likes of Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. It did not. They got the generational talent that is Saquon Barkley. Will they get Eli's heir apparent this year? Or are they, you know, tanking for Tua like some other teams? Or will it just be, in general, the trades, the trade market that happens, you know? And that could be a way to look at it, you know. And that's where we will get started here. 11 of the last 12 quarterbacks who have been drafted in the first round, the team who drafted them traded up to get them. Let me say that again. 11 of the last 12 quarterbacks that have gone in the first round, the lone exception, I believe, being Baker Mayfield, who was in the one spot, so you couldn't trade up for him anyway. Last year, the Jets traded up for Darnold. The Ravens traded up for Lamar Jackson. Okay, teams traded up for Josh Rosen. The Cardinals just traded up for Josh Rosen, the same in the previous year. The Chiefs traded up for Patty Mahomes. The Bears traded up for Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, the Texans traded up. For Deshaun Watson. The Eagles traded up to go get Carson Wentz. The same with the Rams and Jared Goff. Okay? If you want your quarterback, you are going up to get it. So everyone's talking right now about, oh, you know, Kyler Murray's going to be the one overall. And then, you know, Dwayne Haskins is going to fall in this draft. Someone in this draft likes Dwayne Haskins. Someone will find an opportunity to trade up for him. Someone in this draft likes Drew Locke. I'll tell you, it's John Elway and the Denver Broncos, by the way. Someone will trade up to get him, okay? So let's talk a little bit about these quarterbacks and about, you know, where they're going to go, what kind of skill set they may have. Everybody knows about Kyler Murray, okay? And the rub on him was, was he too short? You know, that sort of thing. Um, Was he going to play baseball? That was out there for a while. He then made the difference. You know, he made the move. Listen, this guy has a 69% completion percentage. It didn't matter when Baker Mayfield wasn't tall enough. It shouldn't matter with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, a more explosive quarterback. And let me tell you something. This is the way, in my opinion, and there are arguments against it, but I think the quarterback position is evolving in the NFL. I think Russell Wilson started it. Guys like Deshaun Watson, guys like even Mitchell Trubisky, guys like Patty Mahomes, elusiveness in the pocket. Aaron Rodgers has it. To a lesser extent, you'd be surprised, but Sam Darnold has it. Okay, that's what you, Baker Mayfield, that's what you need. That's what Kyler Murray is. By the way, that's what Josh Rosen is not. That might be why Cliff Kingsbury thinks he's a fit for that offense. I believe he's going number one overall. I believe Arizona is going to take him, and yes, I believe Josh Rosen will be flipped. And Rosen is a part of this QB draft. You have to figure Josh Rosen as part of it. And honestly, many people have said, I've said it here for the Stats Overbeat Cypher as well, the 2018 draft class was better than the 2019 draft class. Josh Rosen was one of the top four in last year's draft class, many people believe he would be the second or third highest rated quarterback in this draft class. So don't just go thinking that Josh Rosen is damaged goods. With Arizona last year, he had the worst offensive line in the NFL. The worst team in the NFL, albeit. Okay? In a different situation, and there are some quarterback needy teams that I think he could be a decent fit for to keep an eye on. But I do think Murray's going number one overall. Dwayne Haskins. 
Let me tell you something. I saw a piece recently. Haskins was on one of these shows, and they had, you know, the quarterback that was on set breaking down game film and plays and on the board with him. This dude processes information like a veteran NFL quarterback, okay? He is not going to be the elusive person in the pocket. He is a stand-and-deliver kind of guy. He makes his reads. He has the accuracy. Many people are saying he's falling. Many people are saying the New York Giants instead are going to go pass rusher at number six. Let me tell you something. If they pass up Dwayne Haskins at six, I think they are making a mistake. I think Dwayne Haskins is a franchise quarterback. Okay? I ultimately do think that it is a smokescreen. I ultimately do think Gettleman wants Haskins at number six overall. I think he is fading Haskins in the public because he is afraid of another team trading over the Giants at six to a team like three, the Jets, or the Raiders who are open for business and leapfrogging the Giants at six for Dwayne Haskins. I think Dwayne Haskins is the heir apparent to Eli Manning, and I think it is a good pick. That's where I think he's at. Now you get interesting. The next one is Drew Locke. Elway loves him. I have been saying this since the scouting combine, since the pro days, that sort of stuff. He was at; They were at the Senior Bowl. Drew Locke had a great Senior Bowl, okay? They said he was a quick, quick study there, picked up everything. They said they, lo- they are enamored with this kid and kind of like, quote-unquote, the way he can spin it. I'm going to tell you a comp that on its face you will not like, but actually is, I think, a good comp, and especially for a team like the Denver Broncos. A lot of people are calling him similar to... Jay Cutler, okay, both in terms of the fact that he's got a howitzer of cannon for an arm, but also his people have said likened him to his leadership demeanor as like an Eli Manning, a Jay Cutler. You know what that means? That means the sad face, the aw shucks, okay? Not the best moniker to have, but boy, can he spin it. This is the kind of quarterback that John Elway likes, the Paxton Lynches of the world, the big guys, right, with the arms. I think Drew Locke may be connected to the Denver Broncos, whether it be at 10 or whether the Broncos decide to move in the draft up or down to try and get him. I think Locke to Denver is the match. I'm trying to tell you where the teams are and their uh, quarterback match. So, so far, Kyler Murray, Arizona. Dwayne Haskins, Giants. Um... Drew Locke, Denver Broncos, in my opinion. I believe Rosen, there's two places for Rosen. I'm saying, I said it last week, I'll say it again. I believe the Washington football team is an interesting fit for Rosen. The Washington football team has the 15 overall pick. If they traded that, they would get Rosen. Might it take something less, though? That's the interesting uh, thing. The scheme with Gruden there, uh, Jay, not John, is good. The offensive line there is good, and you need that with one of these quarterbacks who is not the Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield type, the stand-and-deliver type, which Josh Rosen is. They have a developed offensive line there when healthy, okay? So I think Washington could be a good fit, but let me tell you something else. If I've said it before, I'll say it again. You want to try and make some money on the draft? Everybody knows about Kyler Murray. Everybody knows the Giants need an heir apparent to Eli. I'm going to tell you the team to watch that may go get their heir apparent, get their quarterback this year. I believe the Cincinnati Bengals may, in fact, make a move at quarterback this year. They may get the guy who sits behind Andy Dalton for a year. They may be a name you start to hear connected to Josh Rosen. Same kind of thing. Right scheme for it. 
okay? They are a team to watch, the Cincinnati Bengals. Now there's other guys, because listen, in every division in football, I can show you a starting quarterback who was not drafted in the first or second round, all right? In the AFC East, Tom Brady was a six-round pick. Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't a high draft pick. In the AFC North, let's see, Andy Dalton was a second-round pick. In the AFC South, you got Nick Foles down there right now. In the AFC West, who do we got? Um, You got Flacco out there in Denver, okay? You got guys like Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, okay? All who are not first-round picks. So everyone keeps talking about these first-round picks, the Haskins, the Locks of the world. Don't get it twisted, okay? Um, Daniel Jones is an interesting name. If the Giants don't like um, Haskins, what they may do, whether it be at 17 or later in the draft in round two, Daniel Jones could be a guy they like, okay? He went to Duke. David Cutcliffe was his coach. They have connections to the Manning camp and the Manning family, okay? This kid knows the Manning camp. Could it be interesting for a guy like Daniel Jones to be an heir apparent to Eli Manning? If they want to go ahead and build, say, the offensive line and get a pass rusher at 6 and 17, or might they want to get Daniel Jones at 17 if they explore options? Okay, Will Greer is a name to know, okay? This is a guy that's kind of a developmental guy. He doesn't necessarily have this huge arm strength, okay? He didn't have a great senior bowl, but a good developmental prospect. I'm going to tell you something. Will Greer, in rounds two or three, do not be surprised if a team that has, you know, a quarterback towards the end, New England Patriots, for example, Los Angeles Chargers, for example, Pittsburgh Steelers, New Orleans Saints, these kind of guys who can allow a kid like a Will Greer, like a Ryan Finley from North Carolina State, who, by the way, I think is pro-ready in terms of his accuracy, his decision-making. Ryan Finley out of North Carolina State could be a second or third round quarterback, along with a guy like uh, Will Greer, who if they sit for a little while, a year or two, could step in for a guy like a Phillip Rivers or a Tom Brady. Okay, keep an eye out on those things. I got a lot of other things I wanted to mention, but let me tell you something real quick. We've got a couple of more minutes before we hit the break. Those are the quarterbacks and where I think they might wind up, okay? But over over there on the FanDuel Sportsbook, you can bet a lot of props on this, okay? And Kyla Murray's team is one of them. Arizona is the favorite, but that's minus 1,000. You ain't going to make any money on that. The number one pick, Kyla Murray, minus 1,000. You're not going to make any money on that. First quarterback taken, Kyla Murray, minus 1,000. You're not going to make any money on that, okay? You can bet on the first running back taken. The favorite is Josh Jacobs at minus 450. I told you about Josh Jacobs. I do think he is the best back, but I would not bet it because different teams like different things. Remember, there's different. it's like Baskin-Robbins, right? So I wouldn't bet that. Same thing with the first wide receiver taken, which you can get. DK Metcalf, and an interesting price, minus 175 for DK Metcalf, who blew away the combine, by the way, if you remember. Blew away the combine. I do think he'll be the first wide receiver off the board, but I ain't betting it. I think he's, gonna, I think he's live for Jacksonville at 7. I think he's live for Buffalo, also in the top 10. Remember, Buffalo got Cole Beasley to be the slot guy. They got Smoke Brown to be a deep threat. They didn't get a big body dude like DK Metcalf. That could be a vertical threat. But here's where I'm going. And I told Danny, go, go empty the bank account, put it in the FanDuel account, and drop it right now. First tight end taken. No, it's okay, Danny. You're going to put it in the bet. Don't worry about it. 
Don't you just gotta, Danny. You just gotta put the bet in before I, before everyone runs and we get and we get a bad number. Well, you're live right now. Yeah, I know, but that's okay. Do me a favor, everybody in the chat room, okay? Strong style, Perry Ng. You know, promise me, I'm gonna give you this bet. Don't bet it until later tonight, so Danny can get it in on our account first, so we get a good number before you guys go ahead and you know change the damn odds on it. Okay. Yeah, strong style. There's plenty of wide receivers later. Okay. There are plenty of wide receivers. Strong style. You're absolutely right. Okay. There's AJ Brown. There's Malcolm Brown. There's, you know, there's a ton of options out there. But DK Metcalf, I think, to the Bills is pretty interesting. All right. Um, Arcega Whiteside is a guy who I think will be a good big body hands point, point of the catch kind of guy. But let me tell you something. First tight end taken. Minus 280. TJ Hawkinson out of Iowa. Consensus first round pick Consensus top tight end Coming off the board in the first round None of these other guys are legit first round picks TJ Hawkinson first tight end taken Run to the window and cash with your boy That's what we do we help you win your leagues and win that cash Come on right back fantasy freestyle Dilly dilly Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Hey, hey. Welcome back. You know what it is. Fantasy Freestyle right here with the spitting statistician, the stable genius and vocal minority. Big shout out, as always, to the Stats Overbeat Cypher, chilling in the chat room. Got a couple of things to answer real quick. Um, Mendo, I don't know. Danny fixed the notifications. I know it said 8 o'clock at first, but he switched them up. That's my man Danny Otto down there in the fantasy pit of misery. And you guys are absolutely correct. It seems like someone's trying to give me $5, but no, I see none of that money. Okay, just let it be known right now, Danny. I see none of that money. I appreciate Dantana, who's who pledged me five dollars this year in fantasy is going to be epic. Hashtag yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, but I don't see that money. If you want to actually contribute to the spitting statistician, all you guys hit me up on that Patreon. You know how we do. Okay, we also got a poll question up. I was asking you what is the biggest storyline or smokescreen going on right now. A lot of people say it's this Arizona with Kyla Murray and Josh Rosen situation. What will they do? All right, and then I got a uh, question out here from my man Strong Style Dilly Dilly, real deal stats over beat cipher. Asks me thoughts on Hunter Henry this year, a top blank tight end. And you know what? I'm happy you asked, okay, because I actually believe that Hunter Henry, um, I believe he could be 5-6 this year. I think your top three are locked in. Remember, there's no Gronk, okay? I think your top three are locked in. In my order, um, it's Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle. Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle. I think those are the top three. I actually think those three are viable, in as, and those three will go off boards, in my opinion, in rounds two through four. Okay, somebody will take a guy like a Kelsey in a round two an Ertz in an early round three, a Kittle in that area, maybe down in round four as well. Okay, especially as we move into this passing league that we're in and tight ends are more mismatches. If you see the, these three stats, Kittle, Kelsey, Ertz, um, I think those three are your clear top tier. Okay, then to me, after that, there is a tier of four and Hunter Henry is in it. Okay, strong style. So to me, four through seven, 
And, you know, we still got a few months to deal with this in terms of splitting hairs in the order. But to me, another tier um, is you got to have Eric Ebron in there after his connection with Andrew Luck last year. And the fact that, you know, I just and, and they haven't really Funches Devin Funches doesn't move the needle to me. I know he's a big body red zone target, but it does not move the needle for me. I think Ebron is still a top tight end for Andrew Luck. Okay, I like Hunter Henry in there. Do not forget about this offense that now also does not have Tyrell Williams, right? I love this offense. They're one of the most productive offenses with Phillip Rivers. He has relied on the tight end for his entire career. Gates, unless they try to lure him back, will not be there, and Hunter Henry steps right in. He should be 100%. Remember, technically, he was available for their their playoff loss. I think this tier also includes um, Evan Ingram. Okay, I have told you guys about Evan Ingram for a while. His rookie year, he was the exception to my, you know, my trend that rookie tight ends don't do well. But why? Because everybody was injured, so the targets were there for him. Then I said last year, he was a fugazi for me. Why? Because Odell Beckham was back. Saquon Barkley would be there. Now going into this, and he still was a top 10 tight end. Now going into this year, Odell Beckham gone. Yes, Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard will get the preponderous of stuff. Saquon is there, but I think Engram elevates back to my tight end kind of seven, let's say, right? And the other one who needs to be in this category, the, the guy, by the way, I am targeting. I am targeting Hunter Henry, strong style, and this guy, and it's Jared Cook. Guys, Jared Cook is a very athletic tight end. He always has been, whether it's been Green Bay, his stint in Oakland, but now he gets to be in with Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints and that, and that offense. Drew Brees has leveraged the tight end his entire career. He made Ben Watson a viable streaming tight end. They went out and signed Jared Cook. I said the same thing last year about the Bears going out and signing Trey Burton, who will probably be in my top 10 in tight end as well. The Saints saw the utility of the weaponry that is Jared Cook. He is in my tier. If I had to give a top five... It would be Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, Cook, and Henry uh, with Eric Ebron under consideration as well. As always, thank you for the question, uh, Strong Style. I don't nah, I don't have those guys. Nah, I, I don't like O.J. Howard as much. I think Bruce Arians is more downfield in Tampa. Although, you know, he's I, I ain't mad at him, you know. And, um, but otherwise, I like what you got there. I like what you got there. All right. But in any event, I told you I wanted to make some money. By the way, first tight end taken. The reason we said this, go bet it right now. Or actually, wait until Danny gets into the state of New Jersey. Then you could bet it. Um, TJ Hawkinson, first tight end off the board out of Iowa. All right. Here's what I wanted to also talk about. Last week, I mentioned that the schedule was going to come out. And I talk about a couple of things that you may want to look for, whether this is helps you with a lean on uh, season win totals. You know, or when you think in fantasy, if you want to get these guys for early in the season and fade them late or vice versa, right? Here's some things I notice coming off the schedule. I tell you every year that what coaches look at is the idea of if any teams have back-to-back-to-back road games. And technically, that only happens for one team this year. Last year, only three teams had a back-to-back-to-back road game stretch. This year, only one team has it. It is... The Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have three straight road games, okay, in October. I'll tell you the exact weeks for them, okay? It is, all right, week six, seven, and eight. Week six at Minnesota, not an easy task. Week seven at division rival Dallas on Sunday night football, not easy, right? Then the third one in a row, week eight at Buffalo, 
okay? And you would normally maybe think, oh, Eagles, maybe maybe better prorated than Buffalo, right? But no, I believe that is a schedule loss for the Philadelphia Eagles. Their week eight game at Buffalo, when the early lines come out and you want to get a taste of that early line week eight, this is going to be undervalued, okay? Buffalo as a home dog. Don't forget, Philly will be coming off of three straight home. Uh, it will be their third straight road game. That is something to note. But what is also important to note, that's only the technical three straight road games. Check out what happens to the Oakland Raiders, who, by the way, we know are nomads anyway, right? Because this is their last year. They're moving to Vegas. Oakland didn't want them in the first place, right? So this kind of makes sense. But check this out. The Oakland Raiders have a regular home game week two against the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They'll probably get spanked by the Kansas City Chiefs. Week two, they do not play another home game in Oakland. They do not sleep in their beds on a Saturday night again until week nine against the Detroit Lions. Week two to week nine, they don't have another actual home game. Here's what they have. Week three at Minnesota. Week four at Indianapolis. Then week five, What they have is a game that's technically a home game for them, but guess what? It's in London. It ain't a real home game. That's against the Chicago Bears. Then week six, their bye week. Week seven, at Green Bay. Week eight, at Houston, until they are finally back home again for the Detroit Lions. Okay, They also end the year with back-to-back road games at the Chargers and at the Broncos. The schedule makers do not smile upon Gruden and the Oakland Raiders. The one caveat with that I will mention is this. The Chargers had a similar thing last year. And Rivers mentioned that it galvanized them, that they had a couple of road games, then the London game, obviously the bye after the London game, and then another road game or two. In that road game after the long game, remember when they went to Seattle and looked real good? Phillip Rivers was saying that it really kind of brought the team together. So we'll see. Okay, but that was a team that was a team that um, was gelling anyway, was a contender anyway, right? So they saw it as a business trip and an opportunity to gel. So I think that was interesting. All right, other schedule notes. I feel bad for the Eagles. I feel bad for the Raiders. Another team I feel bad for, well... Let me check that. Another team with a bad scheduling quirk because I don't feel bad for them, and it's the MF New England Patriots. Check this one out, okay? They face three and a half teams. When they play them, their opponent is coming off a bye. I like that if you're anti-New England, okay? And maybe you can find opportunities to fade New England here, not necessarily because of them, but because their opponent is coming off a bye. Check this out. Week 8, they face Cleveland. Cleveland will be coming off a bye in Week 7. Week 9, Sunday Night Football at Baltimore. Not an easy one. The Ravens will be coming off their Week 8 bye. Week 11 at Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Eagles will be coming off of their Week 10 bye. And that's three. And I'll give you a half one also. Week 13, they are at Houston on Sunday night football. The Texans will not be coming off a full bye, but the previous week they have an early home Thursday night football game in Week 12. Okay, so they call that the mini bye. Those are four games that are not easy for the Patriots. Remember, the Patriots were a team that went, I think, like 500 on the road last year. Now, this is a team now without Gronk that will have to go at Baltimore, at Philly, and at Houston for three of their road games again when their opponent is basically getting extra rest. Okay, That is something that I, I will look at 
when I see the Patriots win total. And if the Patriots, remember, listen, and you know I'm going to find every reason to possibly fade the Patriots, right? But the Patriots last year, remember, were that two seed. I will tell you again, if the Patriots do not get a bye, they will not get to the Super Bowl. If they are not that one or two seed, they will not get to the Super Bowl. Okay? In crunch time last year, overtime in Kansas City, Gronk on third down. The Super Bowl, Gronk to get to the two-yard line to set up the score. These road games are going to be very interesting for the New England Patriots, okay? Here's one other thing I'll tell you. As you guys know, I'm a JETS fan. The Jets, they have a a franchise record low in terms of travel miles. Okay, let me say that again. They do not travel at all. The furthest road game they have in terms of going west out into the western time zone or the Pacific time zone, the furthest west they travel is Cincinnati. That's it. They don't have any games out there, Kansas City, Denver, Oakland, the Chargers. They don't have any of those. They play the, um, they play the AFC North this year, okay? They are at Cincinnati. They have Pittsburgh coming to them. They're at Baltimore. That's not a long trip for the Jets. Their furthest trip south, they obviously have the, um, the Miami Dolphins. And they are at Jacksonville. That's like one of their other long road trips, but they stay in the Eastern time zone. They play the NFC East, the Cowboys, which is the furthest trip, come to MetLife. All right, so I think it sets up easy for the Jets. All right, road trips to Philly or Washington are not bad. Okay, so that's an interesting thing to note. The Jets, who have a relatively easy schedule with their last place schedule, also don't travel far at all. Okay, something interesting to note. And here's the other thing I'll mention. And I think this is going to be... Actually important plays for when you're looking at division. Yeah, you're right, bro. With strong style. Those are some st- tough defenses they're going to have to see too. I'm telling you, I'm, I want to say it every year, but I think this is the year where, where it, it starts being the fall of Rome. I really do. I know I said that last year, <laughs> but I do think the loss of Gronk, loss of playmakers, uh, Brady one year older, and I, I think the schedule, I think there's a lot of teams in the AFC up and coming ready to go with quarterbacks in or entering their prime. Patty Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, all ready to enter their prime and picking, ready to go to take the throne of Tom Brady. But that's, that's, you know, that's besides the point. The other part I wanted to mention is the, the schedule came out, but we knew the opponents already. We knew the home road opponents already. And there are two things, two teams, one in the AFC, one in the NFC that I think are really benefited by the way the schedules are in general, okay? Remember, you play your entire division twice. That's six games. You play one division in the other conference for four games. That makes 10. You play one other division, full division, in your conference for four games. That makes 14. Then, if you're a first-place team, you play the other two first-place teams in your conference. If you're the last-place team, you play the other two last-place teams in your conference. So the Jets, for example, like I say, they're playing the AFC North, the entire AFC North. They play the other two last-place teams which were the Jaguars and the Raiders, right? As opposed to having to play like, you know, the Texans and the Chiefs. That's the difference. And I think this really helps a couple of third-place teams who are on the rise. First, the Cleveland Browns, who everybody loves the Browns. Jilly Dilly has it in her notes. I was on them well before everybody else, okay? Check the notes, Jilly. They play a third-place schedule, all right? And they, the North, they play the entire AFC East. So that's already good. They play, have to play the Pats, but then they got three teams that, you know, they can handle maybe. 
they have to play the third place team in the AFC West and the third place team in the AFC South instead of, say, the first place team like the Baltimore Ravens do. I think the Ravens and the Steelers are going to be going down for it with the Browns in this AFC North, right? Now, look at what that means. The Browns, in this scenario, they play the Denver Broncos and the Tennessee Titans. Meanwhile, and remember, otherwise, the Browns and the Ravens have the same exact schedule in terms of their opponents, except for each other, right? Obviously. The Browns will play the Broncos and the Titans. Instead of the Broncos, oh, yeah, the Ravens will see the Chiefs. And instead of the Titans, oh, yeah, the Ravens will see the Houston Texans. That's a definitive advantage for a division that could be between, decided between one and two games. Seeing the Broncos and Titans instead of the Chiefs and the Texans. Legit dif- difference. Another team that I believe this really helps, another third-place team. One was the third-place team in the AFC North. The third-place team in the NFC North, I believe, is also dramatically helped by this schedule. Check this out. By the way, I'm talking about the Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers. They also... They play the entire NFC East, right? I think that's a good draw instead of having to play the West or the South, okay? And think about this. As a third-place team having to play the West and the South, the Packers get to play the 49ers and the Panthers as opposed to the division winner in that division, the Bears. They have to see, oh, yeah, the Rams and the Saints. You're telling me it's not a little bit easier to see the Niners and the Panthers instead of seeing the Rams and the Saints? That is a big benefit for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Something to remember when we, uh, you know, when we look at these season win totals, which is something we'll do after the draft when I do winners and losers, that sort of thing, next week here on the Fantasy Freestyle. But to remind you guys also, we got a poll question out if you want to holler at me at FNTSY Radio, at Fantasy Sportsnet, at, of course, me, at Spittin' Speeds. 48% of you right now say Arizona with Murray and Rosen is the number one storyline here in this draft. The number two right now, 33% of you say the Raiders drama. And by the way, did you see this, the Raiders? John Gruden and Mike Mayock sent their scouts home out of their war room this weekend. Said, your work is done, now leave us. Um, And there's reports, okay, even that um, they sent them home because... They couldn't be trusted. They couldn't trust them to kind of not leak to the media what their like secret plans were going to be. Do they want to get a Kyler Murray? Do they want to use those picks on defense or to trade? I think they're going defense with all those picks. Okay, but do which do they want to do? I think that's interesting. It seems to me kind of unrest in Oakland when it comes to the Raiders there in Gruden and Mayock. They're sending their uh, they sent their scouts home to not be in the war room anymore. They got it from here. I think that's interesting. But regardless of what happens, I will be here on this desk with my boy Mike Blewett. You heard us doing fantasy sports today back last year, and my man. FF Game Plan, Emery Hunt. Nobody breaks down the college scouting better than Emery Hunt. It's going to be me, Mike Blewett, and Emery here uh, for the NFL Draft on Thursday. And hopefully you as well in the chat room. I know a lot of you guys, Real Deal Stats Over Beat Cypher. If you want to do it, all right, be in the chat room. Hashtag Stats Over Beats. I will definitely answer your question out there on the NFL Draft on Thursday. When we come back here with the fun and functional sports content, it's your boy, the Spitting Statistician and the Fantasy Freestyle. Dilly dilly, y'all. That's programmed, and it's easy. Dre is back, new jacks are made hollow. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back. You know what it is. Spitting Statistician here, Fantasy Freestyle, episode 372. Let me say that again, episode 372. And y'all guys know, real deal stats over beat Cypher. It would never happen without you. I am eternally grateful. Tell a friend to tell a friend about your boy, the Spitting Statistician, and the Fantasy Freestyle. 372 episodes. Cannot be wrong. Strong style. Let me tell you something. Never trust the big button to smile. You're absolutely right. You know, I'm getting married, by the way, in a couple of months. I, I trusted a big button to smile, and look at where it got me. I am very happy with where it got me. By the way, Strong Style, you're absolutely right. Tell people to smash this like button, and you can really tell about Real Deal Stats Over Beat Cypher people, like my man Strong Style Ninja. He says in the chat, no avocados will save Tom Brady this season. That means he's been listening to me for years, talking about the Uggs and the avocados and the hyperbaric chambers and all that good stuff. And you know it's about to go down. I think it's about to fall off, okay? Remember, the Patriots were like 4-4 four and four on the road last year. All right? So uh, we shall see. If they got to go through a gauntlet this year. It ain't going to happen. All right, but in any event, we got, the, um, we got the poll question up. I'll let you guys know I will be here on Thursday again with Mike Blewett and Emery Hunt. But here's what I want to do, okay? Um, Danny, you know, this is where we always put the fun and functional sports gambling or for, fun and functional sports content, fun and functional sports radio, whatever it is, right, when we have our fun with the stats over beat cipher. And I wanted to get your opinion on something, Danny. Um, Kate Smith. You know who Kate Smith is, Danny? Mm, you're going to have to All give right. me more than So you. there's a famous, you know, she's a singer, okay? And she did this big rendition of God Bless America um, that, like, a lot of teams use. The Philadelphia Flyers famously use her to sing God Bless America. You know, the Yankees use it in the seventh inning stretch, you know, that sort of thing, in the national anthem, that sort of thing. It's her, it's her version of God Bless America that stayed, a lot of stadiums, most notably the Yankees and the Flyers play. Okay, okay. Danny? Okay. All right. The woman is dead, Danny. The woman has been dead for a while. Okay? Okay. Someone went digging and found out that also in 1931, among other things, she made a song entitled, That's Why Darkies Were Born. A little white supremacist action. Damn. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and so now the Flyers and the Yankees have decided to never use her version of God Bless America again. In Philadelphia, there was legit a statue to this woman because it was so famous that they have, like, covered now. Now, here's my question, Danny. There's even some reports that, to be quite honest, this song, That's Why Darkies Were Born, <laughs> which sounds somewhat ridiculous, but um, that she does it with a cameo with, like, some other African-American dude, and they're actually, like, doing a satire and making fun of the people who would actually think you know, the stuff about quote-unquote darkies. But that's besides the point. Um, Danny, what do you think about this, like, digging into the past? 
Because I believe, like, listen, if you dig enough, you're going to find something. If you go digging in the 30s and the 40s and the 60s, you're going to find something. Whether it be a congressman in blackface, whether it be Kate Smith having a that's why darkies are born. You know, I mean, like, when you look at Mad Men, the TV show, was it right for them to be harassing women in the workplace day after day? No, it was not right. It was wrong. But, like, if you're going to expose someone in 2019 for their behavior in the cultural norms of 1950, it's a little bit of a jump, you know, for me at least. For me at least. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not a good thing. It was not okay. It should not have been tolerated, right? But to take 2019 and all our progressive movements, you know, and lift up that set of expectations and norms and put them on a different society, I don't know if it works. You know, like there's some societies, Danny, where looking your elders in the eye, making eye contact with adults is a sign of respect. There are other cultures right now where that exact same behavior, looking your elders in the eye, is a form of disrespect, Danny. So what if I grew up in one culture and moved to another place, but I'm just doing what I thought and now it's viewed differently? You know what I'm saying, Danny? Yeah. So my question is, and I, like they are scrubbing Kate Smith from the Yankees version of God Bless America. They're taking statues down of her. Here's my question, Danny. When are they going to take down the uh, Lincoln Monument or the Jefferson Monument or the Washington Monument? Didn't those, weren't those guys slave owners also? Mm. Mm, that's your response? <laughs> I like that, Danny. I mean. You don't want to go there? Well, I guess it's really like. You can't really pick and choose. You kind That's of, what I'm saying. You have to have a stance. That's what I'm saying. Oh, by the way, Strong Style, thanks. Congrats to get married, brother. It's, enjoy- it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And then Jer T says, millennials need to chill with all being up, uh, uppity and offensive. Um, right. You know, that's what I'm saying. And don't get me wrong. I'm not excusing it. But I'm just saying people just want to be offended by something. You know, I made that. Uh, I, I said uh, last week that Nick Boza, Nick Boza scrubbed his Twitter timeline because he had some, I guess, comments about Kaepernick, and now he's worried because the 49ers might draft him number two overall, you know? And I say this. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're about to get drafted, this happens all the time. You better go back and check your social media right now and start deleting stuff, okay? Because if you're Nick Boza, if you're, you know, a guy that's going to get drafted, people are digging and trying to find stuff to drop right when it's least convenient for you. You know, like, think about Josh Hader in the All-Star game with his racist tweets from when he was, like, 14 years old. Think about Laramie Tunsil, the offensive tackle a couple years ago who was supposed to be a top-three pick and fell because, Danny, literally 15 minutes before the draft, someone posted on social media a picture of him taking gas mask uh, bong rips. It dropped literally on social media 10 minutes before the draft. His draft stock fell. This is what happens. If you go searching, you're going to find something, okay? And so I find it a little bit weird that we're taking the 2019, which, by the way, I agree with, is more evolved. Don't get it wrong. I am the vocal minority. Dilly, dilly. Y'all know it. I just think it's hard to go digging in so retroactively and applying different norms now to then. It's tough. It's a slippery slope, okay? Let's, like we say in the chat room, I think someone's saying it, uh, Strong Style's saying it, focus on 2019, and you're right, JRT. Sometimes it's not, they're not even offended. They think there should be. They should be. Or like they know someone who should be. And it's just a little bit ridiculous. But uh, what do you think, Danny? I mean, like a little too far? Or, or like completely to go to these lengths to now scrub Kate Smith, who, by the way, has passed away on, on, a, on a song that may or may not have tendencies in 1931. Because there's also reports coming out now that 
this was actually kind of like a satirical like play on it, like making fun of it also. What do you think, Danny? I mean, I pretty much agree with you. Cool. Like, if you dig hard enough, you are going to find something bad. Yeah. And if you – because, I mean, there are plenty of things that over time we – have evolved to say like, Hey, this isn't right to say anymore, or this isn't right to do anymore. And so, I mean, that shows that we have been growing, but if you go to the back, like if you go back in time to where it was accepted or Mm -hmm. it wasn't like the focus on people to, to say, Hey, this is wrong. Then obviously everybody's going to be offended of it now because we've grown as a, you know, that like a lot of comedians can't even perform on college campuses anymore. Because instead of finding things like funny and having it be humor, people like Jared T are saying are just like racing to get offended. They're effing jokes, people. That's why it's comedy. Com- comedians are literally not going on college campuses anymore and doing comedy because someone's going to get offended and then like people are going to, you know, attack them on social media or there's going to be backlash from a joke about something. I think it's a little too far, Danny. Yeah, I, I have heard that before about comedians. Yeah. I do have a couple of friends who are stand-up comedians oh, and they... And they have said, yeah, you have. They can come on Fantasy Freestyle and drop jokes anytime you want, Danny, <laughs> all right? Check it out real quick. I want to do a quick closer report. I was telling you guys in Fantasy Baseball, I would give you the closer merry-go-round, though, right? Uh, a little diamonds in the rough, all right? In Atlanta, with Vizcaino out, A.J. Minter's only 57%, all right? But he's gotten blown up a few times. So is Chad Sabatka. The thing about Chad Sabatka is only owned in, like, 5% of leagues. And one, I wanted to just say Sabatka because F and Ziggy from The Wire Season 2, right? But uh, check, he's a name to know deeper in that Braves bullpen. In Minnesota, Blake Parker, I think, is going to merge from this committee to be the closer, okay? He's 58% owned in fantasy. He's pitching to a 1.42 ERA, a 1.11 whip. My man Yang down there in the fantasy pit of misery thinks he knows who the closer of the Twins is. I'm going to tell you, it's emerging. It's going to be Blake Parker. And by the way, Yang, he's on my squad. Um, In Kansas City, it is wide open, okay? Some people, if you believe it's Ian Kennedy, he's pitched well. He's only 7% owned, all right? That might be the guy. And the last one to tell you is in Seattle, Anthony Swarzik, who has three saves, pitching to a 0.95 whip, and Rowena Elias, who's pitching to a 1.02 whip. These guys have uh, three and four saves, respectively. Okay, But they're also only 50% and 39% owned. The Mariners have one of the best records in Major League Baseball, all right? So uh, there are going to be some save opportunities there. Those are some guys to target in the back end of your bullpen, the closer merry-go-round, as it were, as some roles are still being settled. I think you can find some guys that are 50% right around there or far less owned to really help your fantasy bullpens. All right, we only got a couple of minutes left. Danny, I cannot believe it. I, you know, I come in here about a half an hour, 45 minutes early, get ready to do fantasy freestyle, right? And game time decisions is on, Right. And they were talking about a story, Danny, that I had to check out for myself. <laughs> All right. Um, you are familiar with this. I guess it happened today in Toronto or this morning or yesterday. You got a straight up Lorena Bobbitt situation, uh, Danny. Uh, apparently a woman, uh, you know, there was a domestic violence or a cheating situation going on. And the woman uh, cut her man's genitalia off, off, clean off, Danny. And the gentleman was running around the building, bleeding, running around naked, bleeding. But then get this, Danny. The woman then apparently either threw the uh, appendage and or herself, details are cloudy here, off of a seventh story roof. Yeah, see see now, of the entire story, which is very painful in general, but of the entire story, that's the part that I 
do not it's got to be she threw the appendage off the roof. Because no, if she jumped. jumped off the seventh she story flight, she's dead, right? She aimed for the bushes. Oh, God. <laughs> With a cock in hand, huh? <laughs> Interesting. But there you go. There you have it, okay? So, by the way, Strong Style's telling me I'm real excited that we're getting married. You know, I'm never going to get into a situation where, you know, my penis is getting hacked off. Mendo Bruce says it best, okay, in the chat room, by the way, and we'll leave you with this. He says, I'm 65. I've seen political correctness change several times in my lifetime alone. The pendulum continues to swing, people, all right? And what's accepted in one, you know, it's all about different contexts. I'm saying in the same time, depends on where you go. Cultural norms are different, you know? And so it's real hard to apply those norms to different places, different times, different cultures. And so it is very interesting. But by the way, you know the vocal minority is going to keep it 100% with the Stats Over Beat Cypher. Catch me here Thursday night, 8 p.m. to midnight, Breaking down all of the NFL draft with Mike Blewett and my man Emery Hunt. If you are in this chat room, okay, and you hit me with the hashtag stats over beats, I will be sure to prioritize your question. Hit us up on the phone lines as well. Give them a stats over beats. We'll get you on Thursday night. If I don't see you then, you can hear me every week morning, 6 to 9 a.m. And I'll catch you right back here next Monday for Fantasy Freestyle with the Stats Over Beats Cypher. You know what it is. I'm out.